What's up, guys? Welcome into a week 16 edition of Chargers Weekly. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Matt Money Smith, always good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing well. Uh, doing well, Chris. Just hopeful that uh, we get this game in on Sunday. You know, I don't know when people are listening to this, but certainly we've seen them move a game to Monday from Saturday, and we've seen them move games from Sunday to Tuesday. So anxious considering the way the news has been coming out with these two teams and the increase and players getting put on that COVID reserve list, whether or not we're going to get to a point where the NFL decides, okay, you're, you're down 20 or 18. I think the, the Texans are at 18 at the time we're doing this. Uh, the Chargers, I think, are at 10 or 11. So yeah. just it's a, it's a tough week when you're trying to prep for a game and figure out exactly who's going to be out there playing. It's, it's a fluid situation. Right now, as we take this on a Thursday, we know Joey Bosa and Kemon Hall will not play in the game. But as Bunny alluded to, there's a, there's a ton of guys – on the list of both teams, uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, the, the kicker for the Texans, and then Kaimi Fairburn, yeah, yeah, Fairburn, um, Eckler, Lindsley, uh, Guyton. Um, th- there's a there's a lot of guys, and and we'll know more, I guess, as we get to the weekend. But, buddy, I guess let's start on a positive note as far as the Pro Bowl is concerned. I mean, six Chargers make it, five starters, and really, I think. And you, you could have your your beefs and your stubs and everything, but I was just shocked that Austin Eckler wasn't on the list, man. 17 touchdowns, second in, in yards from scrimmage, having a, a really a special year. And the Chargers have six guys. Austin wasn't one of them. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, I think it's it's sort of the same as as people kind of squawking about Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford. And I think sure. what's you know, and look, Austin's been phenomenal. Unfortunately, he plays in the same conference as Jonathan Taylor, you know, and, and he's going to take that that number one spot. But I'm with you. You know, I mean, Joe Mixon's had an incredible year. Uh, no question about it. So there's, you know, I, to me, like Kaiser White's another one. When I look yeah. at the linebackers, oh, and, you yeah. know, we, I, you know, I think anybody that's ever been around Denzel could not be happier for him to, to make the Pro Bowl. He's such a great guy. Um, but to me, the idea that, that Denzel Perriman made it ahead of Kaiser White is just crazy. Like there's so there's there's so many of those games you can play. Um Obviously, the big one is Justin Herbert. You know, the first time the Chargers have had the starting quarterback in the Pro Bowl since Fouts back in 83. So that's pretty freaking awesome for him because that's certainly earned. I, I do think he's been the best quarterback in the AFC this season, and uh, and that was certainly earned. Herbert, the starter, and then Rashawn Slater, the starting left tackle for the AFC. So, so Muddy, you're in a situation where you have a second-year quarterback and a rookie left tackle probably going to be with this organization for the next decade plus already making pro bowls uh, in obviously the focus is on trying to get to the playoffs and, and make some noise this year. But we, we talk about just what Brandon Staley has brought to this team and, and the players that Tom Telesco has brought into this organization. Future is bright for this Chargers squad. And I have to mention this Keenan Allen, since the Chargers moved up to LA, Keenan Allen has been a pro bowler. 2017, yeah. 18, 19, 20, and 21, that consistency and availability, as he says, uh, certainly there for for Keenan. Yeah, I think you said it, Chris. You know, our hope is that none of these guys end up playing in the Pro Bowl. You know, that's that's what you yeah. want. You want them to get the, you know, get the nod, get your bonus, and then don't play because you're in the Super Bowl. And and that's certainly something that we're hopeful. But I think it speaks to, you know, something that that we've been talking about for a while, and that's that this roster is good enough to win a Super Bowl. You know, this this team, this roster where you have players at impact positions like left tackle, like Edge and Joey Bosa, like defensive backfield, Derwin James, quarterback Justin Herbert, receiver Keenan Allen, and what's now become a, a, a supreme passing league. 
They've got enough. You know, they've got enough. And they showed it out there with the Chiefs trading punches on Thursday night, the team that's the number one seed in the AFC. Um, and a lot of people thought if you take all 60 minutes into account that the Chargers were the better team out there, they just needed better execution uh, in pivotal moments. And you tip your cap to the Chiefs defense for holding them on first and goal on two separate occasions from the five. But it's also just, you know, drop passes, um, missed opportunities. And that's just stuff that if they can clean up, it's clear they've got a roster that is good enough to win the Super Bowl. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle going to join us in, in a few minutes to break down this game on Sunday in Houston. John, a legend. Always love hearing from him. Yeah. Uh, but, Muddy, I haven't talked to you since that Chiefs game. It seems like it's been forever ago, but, you know, the, the, a lot was made of the fourth downs. And, again, you're anybody's free to question any of the fourth down calls. But I think in the same breath, as I said this earlier, like there was a three-game winning streak at the beginning of the year where the Chargers were six of seven on fourth down and it, had they not converted, they don't win those games. Um, Philadelphia, uh, you convert two fourth downs on the final drive to win on the road. So uh, right. you could question the fourth down calls. I think anybody in, in Brandon Staley said it himself. It, it's, it's in, it's a lively discussion between people who are all in on analytics and people who fall in the middle and people who, who like the old school way of thinking, but um, you do have to acknowledge that this is the identity of this team and it's won them at least half the games this year going for it on fourth down. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's funny, Chris, cause I'll even go, um, I, you know, I don't even have to, and I'm just pulling up the, the play by play because I know it was twice. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's twice. Yeah. So here you can just stay to the same game. You know, they don't score their second touchdown to go up 14, 10 without going for it on fourth and one at the 33. And that's within Dustin Hopkins range. So if you want to complain about going for it on fourth down at the 28, they went for it on fourth down at the 33, they convert. And then Jalen Guyton gets a touchdown toss from Justin Herbert. So yeah, you could have taken three there too, but people don't seem to remember like when they want to argue, they, they don't point out that, Oh yeah, you know, this, this happened in this game uh, where you had to convert a fourth, a fourth down to get the touchdown. Um, and it was just the one time then Gabe neighbors converted another one, but they didn't convert the next one after that. So like you can play the game. Oh, you took away three points here and you add nine points there. Well, you'd have to take those four off the board now that, you know, you thought you were going to get from, you know, getting the first down. I know that I'm, I'm jumbling around and kind of popping around, but I think to me, it's either you're in or you're out. Like, that's it. I don't want to play the, well, you should have kicked it from the 28, but I'm fine with you going from the fourth and five, but I don't like the one before the half, but I'm okay with the one at the start. You're either in or you're out. You either want them to play this way or, and I, to me, like, that's the more important part of it. Either you like this as their identity or you don't. And, and I think if you're going to plant your flag, you got to plant it on one of those two hills. I want you to play football the conventional way. I want you to punt. On fourth and three from midfield, I want you to kick field goals when you're inside of 50, whatever you think Dustin Hopkins ranges, 53, 55 yards, whatever it is. I want you to kick field goals on fourth down, and I don't want you going for it. You know, and that's that's one lane. The other lane is we got Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I believe in the play calling. I believe in the coach. And I'm comfortable maybe leaving a couple points on the board on downs turnovers um, because I think more often than not, our talent on the field on offense is going to be better than their talent on the de- on the field on defense. So, like that's that's where I kind of play it when it comes to fans and and who's pissed and who's not. 
just ask yourself, how do you want them to play? Because that's, that's the best way to, I think, go about it. Either you get upset that they go for it all the time or you don't. The game against the Browns, 47-42, Chargers are down two scores in the third quarter in their own territory. If they don't get that fourth down, right. they don't win that game, right? Mm. They don't win an arrowhead if not for the aggression on fourth down at the end of the game. Yeah, and they would have attempted a field goal from what, like 45, 48 yards and in the swirling winds. It's wind. It was windy. It was, yeah, it was. It was so I, so I, I guess, you know what, I'll push back and I'll, I'll take up for the people that, that have issues with using that as a, as a defense. They had to go for it against Cleveland. They could not stop Nick Chubb. They couldn't stop the run. They, were, they had no choice. Had no choice. You know, the, the, the game had already dictated that if you don't do this, you're going to lose. So there wasn't really a choice. Uh, at Arrowhead, the conditions had dictated, you know what, you're either, you, you can't kick the field goal here. It's just, it's not realistic. Um, I think what people are saying is, in that game, your defense was good enough. Your defense was holding them in check. You know, so why not take the points? Why not get points whenever you can get them, knowing you're going to need as many as possible to beat the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, you know, so so I do understand that. I think yeah, but, I'm but, not mad at that thing, you know, especially before yeah. the half, because if, if you're up like, listen, the Chargers lost momentum right away in that game. They seized it back. If you do kick three before halftime, you're up seven at home. And this is the Chiefs team of old where they're scoring 40, 50 points. I right. think this is playing well. So I, I could see that. Hey, 17, 10. Fine. Yeah, I think the one pushback. And again, I'm pushing back on all sides here. So push, I think, you push, know, push away. So I think what you can then say is that you don't, you know, and I'm speaking to the collective view of the fans, you don't have the intel that the coaching staff has. I think at that point, when they're going for it, they know Derwin's gone. They know that he's not coming back. And, and now they are staring at a defensive backfield with Devontae Harris, Trey Marshall, and Tavon Campbell instead of Derwin James, Aloe Gilman, and Asante Samuel saying, how the hell are we going to slow this team down? In the second half without Derwin, Derwin can cover up a lot. We now know he's not going to be out there. So if we've got a goal-to-go situation, and, and I think this play is going to work, then I need that extra four. I need 21-10 so much more than I need 17-10 right now because I expect this offense to probably get after it in the second half based on what's happening with our, with our current injury situation. So that's my guess is that came into play there is, is them thinking, I don't, you know, we got this turnover on a short field. We're here right now. Let's see if we can sneak out an extra four and go up by two scores, knowing that Derwin's not going to be back in the second half. And hey, the, the offensive guys are all for it. You know, Keenan, they should be, yeah, put it in our hands. And, and I think the fact that they have been programmed early on to know that this is what it's going to be on fourth down, I do think that that can only help you down the stretch. And, and listen, it, it's not always going to work, right? As, as we right. saw last Thursday, it's not always going to work. Um, but it does come down to execution. And I think if you put them in the right positions, it's on the players to execute. And yeah. And, and you know what, Chris, I think, I think the one thing that is being overlooked and, and I'm sure Brandon Staley would prefer this, that he takes all the smoke. And he said that, but mm-hmm. Mike Williams got to catch that ball on second down, you know, Jared cook, you got to catch that ball on yeah. second down. Those are two touchdowns. Yeah. You know, and you're not in this position like in, in drops has been an issue this year. Now I know that Herbert threw a freaking laser, to Mike Williams and that thing had some heat, but it's between the numbers. You know, you got to catch that. And I know it was a little bit out of the reach of Jared Cook, but hit your hands. You got to catch it, man. Like, and those are two touchdowns. 
right there. And we're not even having this discussion. Before we get to John uh, Money, this game against the Texans, you look at their record. Obviously, this is a, a game that Chargers should absolutely win. But, you know, Davis Mills has played pretty well uh, he has. these past few weeks. And uh, I think John McClain said it last week. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I know he's not going to have Brandon Cooks because that's another guy on, on the COVID list for the for the Texans. He's had a great year. Best player on offense right now. Um, but who, who knows this wacky NFL, man? You have to take every team. Very, very seriously, as we saw Arizona going to Detroit last week and, and lose them. Yeah, the one thing that I point to beyond the win over Jacksonville or, or him throwing for 300 against Seattle is Indianapolis. Indianapolis is one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And they went in there and absolutely beat the snot out of them. Um, and I think if you want to be a Super Bowl, regardless of who's out there for you, you know, if you've got enough and, and you've got, you know, your left tackles back and Herbert's out there and you got Chenna you know, and you got Linval and, and, you know, the interior of that line is back, Justin Jones and Kaiser White and Derwin's out there. I want to see this look like the Indianapolis game, you know, where they were just completely outclassed by a team that is, that is a Super Bowl contender. Um, so that's now look, things can change between the time we're taping this and when we actually play, and there could be more and more players that end up on that list. I hope that's not the case, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I think as it stands right now, um, I would like to see this team, you know, do to the Texans, what the Colts did to the Texans, what the Buffalo Bills did to the Texans, 40 to nothing, when it was clear that, okay, this is the, here's the elite of the AFC. They should be putting it on this team that is a clear teardown and rebuild right now. And frankly, we haven't seen the Chargers play a team like this. I guess the Giants were the closest thing to it yeah. and they took care of business. I mean, the Chargers exactly. have played, you look at their schedule, you look at the quarterbacks that have been on the other side of Justin Herbert this year. Yeah. It's been remarkable. And I, I think this team's battle tested, but these are the games you can't play down to the competition. No. And it, with teams seven and seven and eight and six money head, I think the Broncos won. They're the 13th seat right now in the AFC. Had they won, I think they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they would have. Like, they they would have been. Uh, they would have been ahead of the Chargers. They would have been the sixth. They would have been the sixth seed. So, yeah. like, you drop seven spots. I mean, that's just how close how tight it is. Razor yeah. thin the AFC is. So, all right, buddy, let's get to John McClain. All right, guys. Before we get to John, a quick note to let you know that Pepsi—they're passing out the ultimate Chargers fan experience only at 7-Eleven. Rush in and scan the code for your chance to win some awesome Chargers prizes. Bolt up with Pepsi. Must be 18 years or older. No purchase necessary. Sponsor is PepsiCo. For official rules, visit boltuplacom slash 7-Eleven. Also want to tell you guys about picks for Popeyes. Every Chargers game this season, when the Bolts defense gets an interception, show your game recap email to your local Popeyes. Get a free chicken sandwich when you purchase a chicken sandwich at regular menu price. All right, buddy, let's bring him in to get this week's opposing view. The great John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. And John, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, we're looking forward to getting down there on Sunday. Um, Money and I were just talking about it, though. Some uncertain times as, as we tape this, more guys being put on the COVID list in Houston. It's the world in which we live in right now. And, of course, the NFL is no different. The Texans, as of right now, have 22 players that are on the COVID-19 reserve list. They only have one player who's going to be uh, out with an injury, but of the 22, they still have their two quarterbacks. They lost their kicker. 
Kaimi Fairbairn, who's had field goals of 61, 52, and 51 in the last two games. And they signed some guy I've never heard of. And, uh, you know, as in a situation like this, they'll be testing tomorrow. They'll be testing Saturday. They'll be testing. You can do it up to Sunday morning before the game. So they're hoping to get guys back. But when I look at last week, I know Cleveland was hoping to get Baker Mayfield back, and he's still not back. And the truth is, Chargers are going to win this game no matter who's playing for the Texans. Yeah, John, I'll tell you, it's uh, – and again, it could change for the Chargers as we're doing this right now. They're at 11, you know, and, and they added two more guys yesterday, two starters. You know, Jalen Guyton's been the third receiver, and Austin Eckler's certainly been one of the best running backs, accounted for 17 touchdowns for this team. So don't know what that's going to look like. Could you share with us, uh, you know, player sentiment, coach sentiment? We know, you know, kind of how Baker felt. He took to social media talking about where he was. Um, where are the players at with kind of how this is being approached? The only one who has said anything that we, we, we've taken to heart is their center, Justin Brett, who missed a few games. He's rehabbing from a knee injury that uh, he was cut in Seattle after starting for six years, and he took off last year, and then he signed with the Texans in March. And what he asked, he said, we just want the league to be consistent with every team. Now, we were told yesterday by the NFL there's no – the game will be played, of course, but there have been no talk about postponing it. But I know last week a couple of teams found out late, as that doesn't mean the Chargers couldn't find out before they get on the plane and fly here that it could be delayed a day or two. But I don't expect it to. The Texans can field a team. That's one reason that they have 16 players on the practice squad. They're signing off guys off the street like the Texans have done with their kicker. And the Texans are terrible. They've beaten Jacksonville twice, and then they won at Tennessee, which was their biggest win of the year. But we're talking about a Chargers team, uh, number two in a wild card race right now, coming to Houston against a team that is last in offense, next to last in scoring, last in rushing, 31st in passing, and 32nd against the run. So they're bad across the board. And that's why I don't care who the Chargers have played. They got more talent. They got motivation. They're excited about the possibility under Brandon Staley of making a Super Bowl run. So uh, people ask me every day, how bad do I think the Texans are going to get beat? Yesterday I said 15. I may change it to 20 once I know how many players are going to be playing for the Texans. Yeah. You know, John, a, a glimmer of, of hope down at Houston, that connection of Davis Mills to Brandon Cooks, and of course, Brandon Cooks on, on the COVID list right now. But the way Davis Mills has played quarterback the last few weeks specifically has been encouraging. What have you seen? And do you think that this is a guy that they can build around? I've been writing about him almost every day because, let's be honest, people don't care anything here except quarterback. When's Watson going to be traded? Where and what are they going to get for him? And will they use uh, a pick on a quarterback? And I can tell you right now, they have the third overall pick. They would not be taking a quarterback. I see some people have them taking a quarterback in the high in the first round. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Now, they don't say, but I know they're going to go with Mills next season. They're going to fill in around him. They have nine draft choices. They have their first two picks for the first time in three years. They're going to have a little cap money, and they hope to trade Watson for multiple picks over two or three years, and they'd love to have a one 
and a two this year. So I think they will ride with Mills, give him a full season to see if he can be the guy. If not, worry about it in 2023 while you build around him. And right now he's been second best rookie quarterback behind uh, Mac Jones. And he was a third round pick. He started only 11 games at Stanford. Had he stayed in school, maybe he'd be a first round pick, but they liked him. He had to play a lot sooner than they wanted him to play. Had to come in in the second game and start the third game while Tyrod Taylor was injured. And then Tyrod came back and he was, first of all, Tyrod was great in the first six quarters. And then when he came back from a hamstring injury, he wasn't the same quarterback. So they elevated Mills, which was smart. Everybody had been saying you need to see Mills. It doesn't matter what Tyrod Taylor does, but David Culley, the coach, said we're trying to win. And Tyrod gives us the best chance to win. And when he didn't, they went back to Mills. John, um, there's a lot of speculation. I guess I'll make this all-encompassing, right? So speculation about whether or not Cully's going to be back. Uh, speculation about if this team is is too torn down to the studs that, that any premier coach would even want this job if it came open. So maybe they have to keep Cully for another year. Like, just share with us big picture. What What is the current state of the Texans? And is it as simple as Deshaun Watson decided he didn't want to play for this team anymore and it just completely crumbled after that moment? The Texans have had two bad years in a row. Less than two years ago, they were winning a fourth division title in five years. They beat Buffalo in the wild card game, and they were leading the Chiefs 24 to nothing yeah. in Kansas City in the divisional round and went straight down the toilet. So they've had two bad years in a row. I don't think anybody would not want an NFL head coaching job for the McNair family, who's paid a lot of money. Last year, they played, paid more money on players in the team in the league, didn't get their bang for their buck. But I also don't think there's any way Cully has gone after one year. That would be grossly unfair if they stuck him with the league's worst roster. And Nick Casario came in with a six-year contract to tear it down to the studs and start over. Bill O'Brien did a good job coaching, not great, but good, four division titles in five years. But when he was named general manager, that's when it's been a catastrophe. And Casario has got five rookies, beginning with Mills in the third round. All of them have contributed. All of them have flashed, which bodes well for Casario having a full draft and maybe multiple number one picks and multiple high picks. So this is an attractive job, but I don't see Cully, who, who everybody likes and respects. Does he make mistakes on game days? Yes, he does. And he admits it. I've never seen a coach who will admit it. Yeah, I'm trying to learn. I'll get better. I screwed it up. When we'd ask Bill O'Brien about his game mismanagement, he would fill us full of expletives and not give us a reasonable answer. So I can tell you this. If they fired Cully, uh, people would come in here knowing they were still from the ground up. But they do have some talent on this team. They've developed some players. So – uh, if they get the quarterback, whether it's Mills or somebody else in place, I could see them being competitive in 2023. John, throughout your Hall of Fame career, you've seen a lot of great quarterbacks. Uh, I'm just curious, your thoughts from afar, Justin Herbert, the, the starter in the AFC this year, and really tying in the fact that Pep Hamilton is down in Houston and what he's done with Davis Mills. And, of course, Pep uh, really kind of helped Justin along his rookie year. I wrote a column about that today 
and his influence on Herbert and now Mills and, and what he does well for those guys. And uh, David Gully said, I had a lot of respect for Pep going back to what he did with Andrew Luck. He, he coached Luck at Stanford mm. and then he coached him with the, with the Colts till he got fired. And I remember watching, I've, I've watched every episode of hard knocks since it first came on. I'm always fascinated by it. So I watched all the episodes last year and everybody talking about uh, Herbert's hair and his headband and all that <laughs> stuff. And, and saw how devoted everybody was to Tyrod Taylor, including Anthony Lynn, but Hey, he had that freak injury and uh, Herbert stepped in and he should have stayed there. And he was great. I mean, that success he had as a rookie is not unprecedented. Russell Wilson was good as a rookie. Andrew Luck was good as a rookie, but boy, they are few and far between. And I'll tell you guys a story about Herbert, a good friend of mine who used to be the Astros director of media relations and an assistant with the Titans. Jimmy Stanton is a front office guy with the uh, at Oregon Ducks. And he started telling me about Herbert as a sophomore. And then as a junior, everybody's saying, oh, this kid's coming out. He said, let me tell you, he's not coming out. He likes it here, and his brother's coming here, and they want to play together, and he knows he'd be a better player. And so I asked him then, I said, well, what about all these people say because he's not vocal, he's not a good leader? And he laughed, and he said, let me tell you what kind of leader he is. And so I fell in love with Justin Herbert at that time, and knowing what I knew, uh, I was stunned that Miami took uh, Tua Tungvaloa over him, and they may regret that forever. They did everything they could to get Watson before the trading deadline. But I hope the Charger fans realize how fortunate they are to have that position solidified, you know, for another 15 years. Yeah, I tell you, John, and, you know, we were talking about it earlier before we brought you on. You got a second-year player who's starting the Pro Bowl at quarterback, and you got a first-year player that's starting the Pro Bowl at left tackle. You know how valuable those left tackles are considering – you know, what the Texans gave up. And I understood the move at the time for Laramie Tunsil to try to protect your franchise quarterback. And now they have two guys, one a second year, one a first year. Um, you know, as we kind of look and look on this in this spot, we're hopeful. You know, the Chargers are in the playoff picture right now. We, we believe they're going to stay there and end up getting in this tournament. As someone who's seen two of the teams that look like they're going to be in there as well, the Colts and the Titans, uh, what do you make of, of what you saw, specifically the Colts who look like they might be the hottest team in football right now? You just saw them a couple weeks ago. Until they beat the Patriots, they hadn't beaten a lot of winning teams. And in every game they've won, Jonathan Taylor's at 100 yards. In every game they've lost, he has not. So common sense is you got to contain Taylor for fewer than 100 yards. And the Patriots were doing it. And the Patriots were on the verge of a comeback. And then he had a 67-yard touchdown run. Titans, when I saw him, they suffered the indignity of losing to the Texans, looking bad and doing it <laughs> at home. But I feel for them when you lose Derrick Henry and you lose your best receiver, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones doesn't do squat after that trade. He's, he's hurt all the time. It's amazing Ryan Tannehill has not played worse, and he's played bad, but they don't have the benefit of the play action like Carson Wentz does. So if you took out Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz probably going to have 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions like Ryan Tannehill. But they're talking in Tennessee – about Henry coming back for the playoffs, and they might play him against the Texans in the last game, and he might give him 10 or 15 carries, which means he'd rush for about 
250 yards because <laughs> in the last three games, he's averaged 228 yards against the Texans. John, we'll get you out of here on this. When you look at this AFC, have you ever seen anything like this in terms of there's what 13 teams that are still in contention for the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, eight and six, seven and seven, up and down the the conference. Have you seen anything like this before? The only time we saw anything like it was 1982 when a strike had them playing nine games and they let almost anybody into the to the playoffs. And it turned about to be a whole lot of fun. But in this case, I like it when an extra team is in there. A lot of traditionalists complain like they always complain because the fan bases are energized. So are the teams. And as I, someone, I will never complain about Bill O'Brien's coaching again because except for 2017 when Watson suffered a season-ending injury and they had 22 players on IR, they were either winning the division or competing for the division when he was there for a full season. So – now the Texans are so far away from that. I'll be on the other side of the grass before they get good again. And I think it's tremendous for the league. I think it's tremendous for the fans and the media. You know, when you got yeah. when you got a winner, you get more listeners, you get more clicks on your stories, people get more excited. And uh, and I think just four years ago, Texans came down there and beat the Chargers in Carson, and that seems like 14 years ago. It really does. Yeah, I mean, I can't, gosh. What was that, 2019? Is that 2019? Rivers played great, and the Texans beat him on the last drive. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a good time. We appreciate it. John, that was great. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, good luck to the Chargers from here on out. We'll see <laughs> you. so much. We'll see you on Sunday, John. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. All right, money. John McClain, man, he's the best. He is, uh, you know, there's, there's a handful of them. And anytime you can, you can get around the guys that have been covering a beat as long as John has uh, many stories. And it was just, I think for, for the, our younger fans that are just getting into the NFL um, it's, it's probably hard for them to believe that, you know, pre-social media, you know, players had to, they had to saddle up to these guys. They had to befriend them. They had to share information with them because they wanted to get their names out. They play a sport where their faces are covered up by helmets. They're relatively unknown. It's not the NBA. It's not baseball. And football players that wanted to become celebrities, if they weren't quarterbacks, they were relying upon the beat writers. And the beat writers used to travel with them. They travel commercial. And the beat writers might be sitting in a seat right next to these guys. They'd stay at the same hotel. Yeah. A lot of times the teams would include them in their meals. And they were part of the team, you know. And and John is is part of that generation. He's been doing it that long from when it was the Houston Oilers. And and he's running around with Bum Phillips and, and Earl Campbell. And, and, you know, he's he's – look, there's not a lot of them left because it's now been about, you know, 15 years since we kind of had those relationships. Maybe 10, but – um, but it's always great when, when you can get someone like John that's been that's been doing it this long and doing it this long as a local beat writer because um, he's he's just as good as it gets and and man if you if you have an opportunity it, it you'll see you just you you can tell the way he writes compared to maybe how some other 
people write about the league and about sports now. Um, it's it's a true craft, and and we certainly uh, appreciate having him. You can hear him in the way that he, you know, threads those words and weaves them together to spin <laughs> his so stories. Good. It he, really he, is. He pulls no punches, and I love the I love the little anecdote about Herbert knowing knowing that Herbert was going to be a leader, and despite yeah. people saying he wasn't and wasn't vocal enough, and just having that insight, like you said, at the local level, but to be so plugged into the league, it is very, very rare. So we, yeah. we appreciate John for sure. Uh, buddy, I usually ask you for, for keys to the game at this point, but I mean, stay healthy, I, stay healthy. Yeah. Hopefully I, keep, keep as many guys off that list as we can uh, get there, get a win and get back and keep guys off that list when you get back, you know, like that to me, that's, that, you know, we, I remember Anthony Lynn said it last year. He said, look, we believe that whoever is able to manage this pandemic is going to probably win the Super Bowl, that this thing is going to alter. Now, it didn't quite work out that way uh, in the NFL. You know, most people were able to avoid any serious issues. But those words certainly ring true right now. This and year, I don't yeah. I, and, and I'm not saying that a team's going to do a better job of it than the other. I think it probably at this point is coming down to luck. Um, you know, you see the chargers, the chiefs got a ton of positives, you know, the chargers now have it. They faced each other on Thursday night, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I, it's a bummer that it's come down to this, especially this late in the season. I just hope that somehow, some way we can get past it in these next two, three weeks. And by the time the playoffs come around, you know, the chargers can stay healthy enough to get these wins over the Texans, Broncos and Raiders, get in the tournament and be at full health when the playoffs start. Yep, three three more to go in the regular season, and they're all huge. If if the Chargers want to get in the tournament and uh, and make some noise, and, and hopefully peak at the right time, and like you said, it's a combination of luck and and just managing it the best you possibly can. So um, yeah. that that's the key to the game: stay healthy, yeah. get a win. I wish I had you know I wish I had stuff that was better. I mean, you know, you heard what John said. Look, their defense is terrible. I said it already. And if you look at their roster as it stands right now, they've got three defensive linemen. Their entire defensive front is on this COVID reserve list. So they're bringing in practice squad guys. And you know what? Build off what you had on Thursday night. You know, with with John, with uh, Justin Jackson, you're going to have Darius Bradwell up probably in place of Austin Eckler. Let him pound between the tackles with his big body. Let's see Josh Kelly get after it. Just run the snot out of the ball uh, against this team that is decimated yeah. on their defensive front and get the heck out of there with an easy win. And money, maybe that's the, the one thing I, I really do want to see is I want to see Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly and, and hopefully Bradwell too just continue to do what they've been doing the last two weeks. 344 yeah. yards on the ground the last two weeks, 192 a season high against the Chiefs. I just think that that is an added weapon to go with Austin as you get into the playoffs. Uh, the Chargers have shown, and we've been talking about it for a long time here, um, you have to run the football, and, and they've shown that they've been able to do it the last couple of weeks. I know it's against a, a team that's depleted and one of the worst in, in football in terms of stopping the run, but take advantage of it and maybe, Absolutely. maybe, maybe get a little confidence uh, for Kelly and Jackson and Bradwell as we get into these final two games of the regular season. And, you know, they did it against the Chiefs. They No Christian. No problem. Let's go. Let's let's yeah. go between the tackles. Let's run over. You know, let's help Trey Pimpkins out. And, you know, we didn't mention Trey Pimpkins at all in that game because it was fine. You know, yeah. there, were, there were no issues. So um, do it again. He wasn't sacked. You know, Herbert wasn't sacked either, right? He wasn't sacked, right. I don't believe. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go. 
Let's go. All right, guys. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Always appreciate you guys tuning in every Thursday uh, during the season. Money, uh, again, I say it every week. I love doing this with you. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, I'll see you in Houston. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Money going to be doing his thing. I, I know your prep sheet's going to be looking a little bit different this weekend, it's my have friend. A lot of, it's going to have a lot of handwritten uh, notes on it because probably not going to find out till after we travel. I'm not going to have the computer to print things out how I want. It's going to be a real messy board. But you know what? It's football game. It's much easier for us to get through it than those guys to get through it. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah, no question about it. 